Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca, the producer of Collider Heroes. Hey, Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. Gamefly puts video games where they belong in the hands of the gamers who love them. With your monthly subscription to Gamefly.com, you can pick your favorite games from over 9,000 titles and have them mailed directly to your door. Don't waste your money buying this year's new game titles before you know if they're even worth it. With Gamefly, you have access to all the newest game releases and you can keep them to play for as long as you want. So that's one monthly fee, unlimited video game rentals of all the most popular titles from Madden to Call of Duty and over 9,000 titles to choose from so you can find most of your favorites. Keep the games as long as you want. No late fees, no due dates, and when you're tired of it, just mail it back and they'll send you a new game of your choosing. And they offer movie rentals now as well. Go to Gamefly.com slash Collider and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash Collider. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. two of the best teams of all time. We won one, they won one. Let's let this third one decide it once and for all. What's up, Sweaty? It's episode 261 of uh, Collider Heroes. You're here on a Wednesday. Let's get into it. Today we're going to talk about what else is at San Diego Comic-Con? Because Marvel Studios is not there. You know, a whole bunch more, but I'm going to whisper the rest of it because I know you like the whispering. So people are tired of me whispering, but I'm never going to stop. What's up? Maybe I'll stop someday. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but let's get right into it. San Diego Comic-Con. So Marvel Studios is not there. We already know Ant-Man and the Wasp already out. We know Captain Marvel's coming out. And then Avengers 4 is coming out. So they don't need it. They they're like, yo, get <laughs> yeah, the Avengers 4 trailer at the end of the year. We know we're going to get that. Um, but there's a lot. There's a lot. It's not like the world ends after Marvel Studios stops. We've got Sony's Venom with possibly Spider-Man Far From Home because that is a Sony property. Mm-hmm. So I expect to see something from both of those movies. Uh, we've got Aquaman, Wonder Woman 84, Shazam. Uh, we've got Netflix Daredevil season 
three, Jessica Jones season three, which is shooting right now. We've got the extended Deadpool 2 cut, which they're going to screen in Hall H, the entire film. Craziness. What are you guys looking forward to, Amy? Well, it's a really interesting lineup this year because you're not looking necessarily at the same things. Uh, but, like, there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, I was just trying to catch up with the schedule. Uh, and one of the series that's absolutely huge, I haven't jumped into it yet. I just saw an announcement that the early chapters are temporarily and currently free. Go to Viz uh, for My Hero Academia, uh, a manga and anime series that's enormous. The creator's making his first North American appearance at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, but I'm excited for, for Into the Spider-Verse to see some more of Venom, to see like some of the TV stuff, which is all over Comic-Con. Right. Uh, there's a lot of other good stuff to look forward to. Definitely. How about you, Jay? I want to see what more we get of Venom. Like I want to, we got in the trailer, we got that one. We are Venom. I want to see if we're going to get looks at the other symbiotes because mm. there's a lot going on in this movie with symbiotes. So I want to see if we see more of them. If we finally get the official announcement, if Carnage is there, but if we get the official announcement, you know things like that. Spider-Man: Far From Home. I, I'm really not. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to see it regardless. Uh, I do want to know who Batman is. That's my biggest thing from DC. I want to know who Batman is. If Ben Affleck shows up, expect my head to blow up like a firecracker. <laughs> because we don't know. We don't know if it's Affleck. We don't know if it's somebody new. It's pretty much in limbo. Right. So those are the things I'm really looking forward to. Definitely. I also want to see a Superman director and date lockdown. How about you, Claire? I'd like to see some Wonder Woman shiz. That's what I would like yes. to see. Yes. I want to see, like, because I... As such an 80s child as well so <laughs> the whole thing appeals to me and she's just such a wonderful wonderful character on screen now so yes I'm all up for that don't really not that bothered about Batman but I am intrigued about the casting mm-hmm. but for me Wonder Woman all the way how about you Amy? Uh, just I mean, thank you for mentioning that because yes, Wonder Woman. I don't need anything else from Comic Con. If you could happen to sneak some Captain Marvel peeks into like a comic book panel or something, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, but but yeah, that will be. She can just go ahead and rule San Diego. It's fine. Now, are there any other panels? Do you get a chance to look at the schedule like that you're looking forward to? I know there's like Thursday. There's a cool Jack Kirby retrospective. I'm sure they're going to do something for Steve Ditko. I didn't see anything yet. I don't know if you saw a Steve Ditko panel. Uh, did you guys see anything that interests you? I haven't looked as much. I kind of honestly want to find a way to see the Doctor Who one. Mm. Because oh, yeah. I want to know what, because that's the big talk. Yeah. You know, having Jodie Whittaker as the new Doctor yeah. and everything, how it's supposed to look now and the way it's still in the same lineage and the same vein, but now it's having a little bit of a different feel. I want to see that. And she's on a panel uh, on one of the, like, the I think it's Entertainment Weekly always does sort of like a kick-ass women panel mm-hmm. on, uh, on Saturday. Oh, right, right, right. And I think she's on it with uh, Regina King, who might talk about Watchmen, maybe. Who knows? Oh, nice. Uh, it's an interesting, you know, uh, whatever they say will be interesting. Uh, there was, I saw a career thing that uh, the artist Yoshitaka Amano, who you might know from Final Fantasy or Sandman Dream Hunters, uh, who's had just a hell of a career, is going to do, like, a, a retrospective on himself, I think, if I read that correctly. Um, so that sounds great. There's tons of good comic book stuff. Please yeah. go to the comic book stuff. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned Watchmen. I didn't they passed through. I was like, wait a minute. I, w- I do want to see something mm-hmm. about this new HBO series. That sounds like it's exciting to me because I didn't want to see a, a rehash of the comic book. We already got, like, a pretty good version in a movie. movie. So this is like an expanded or totally different universe, either pre or post or after. So I'm all for that. How about you, Claire? Um, just oh, slightly off topic when you said the comic book stuff, because we had a conversation earlier. If you're going to a comic con, it's called Comic Con, please go check out the comics. So support the comic people at Comic Con. It's not just about films and computer games. It's about comics. And it's not about just cosplay. It's about comics as well. Um, okay, I've got a lot of friends at San Diego, a lot of friends back home that do Comic Cons back home. So go support your comic creators. Um, I am quite looking forward to hearing more about... I'd like to hear more about Doctor Who. Um, I'm with Jay. Uh, there was a lot... There was as much as there was a backlash online when mm-hmm. she was announced... Um, there's also a lot of positivity. Mm. And I, I really feel that by showing a little bit more, fleshing it out a little bit more, that hopefully people that are a little bit skeptical can kind of see and get really excited and enthusiastic about it. So that might be quite interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm all up for that. Yeah, I've been wanting a female Doctor Who for years. I was like, ah, it's never going to happen. Then it happens. So yeah. pretty excited about that. You know, I want to cut over to a special interview with uh, Ian Jones Cordy. Uh, over to you, Schnapp. Thanks, Schnapp. Anyway, what's going on? You know, we're going to talk about OK 
KO. Let's be heroes. We've got the creator right here. Ian hey. Jones, Cordy, what's Good going to on, man? See ya. Yeah, kind of a reunion almost. A That's right. Bit. You know, yeah. I, I first met Ian, it was 10 years ago yeah. when I went to New York to co-direct Venture Brothers Season 4. Yeah, that's right. And, and I this, was, this I was man, the animation director. Yeah, he was yeah. the man who was like putting the, the frames together and re- yeah. doing like a Doc Ventures sipping the cup. And here's a, because a lot of people didn't know this, but yeah. like it's a, it's a big difference between doing flash animation yeah. and traditional animation. You yeah. want to break that down for people? I mean, on Venture, yeah. That, that was where I cut my teeth doing a lot of traditional animation. And, yeah, you basically have to describe what's going to happen on every single frame, what every character is doing, down to the characters blinking. They're, like, shifting their weight, like, all that stuff. And so we were describing all of that throughout uh, every episode. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was it was very challenging but also super fun because I love the show. So. Yeah, made it kind of easy. <laughs> yeah, there's like the timing X sheets is what you'll hear about. Yeah. That's literally what it is. When you hear stuff like X sheets, that sounds like a doctor thing. It's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's just a lot of work. But it's you know? as clinical. It's yeah. very clinical. It is. <laughs> um, so even back then, you were doing your own cartoon. Your yeah, that's Comic true. book flash animated series. What was yeah, that called? Yeah, um, yeah. I was doing a flash cartoon called Knock Force, and that was just... Uh, every day I would come home and my roommate and I would record whatever conversation we had and then we would cut like a three-minute piece out of it and then just animate a cartoon to it. And yeah, I was doing that and I was doing web comics. I was just trying to always do my own stuff, you know, and uh, that kind of led to, you know, getting trusted to do more things and then more things. And yeah, that's basically what it is. Like if you do your own stuff and do it a bunch, then suddenly people are like, Oh, you can do stuff. That's right. We can pay you for that. We should totally trust you to do these <laughs> exactly. things. It's like, well, you know, uh, a gal named Rebecca Sugar yeah, yeah. was also, uh, I believe she worked on Venture yeah, Brothers she, for a little bit. She was interning at World Leaders, yeah, and uh, that's my partner. Yep. And yeah, uh, we moved out here together to work on Adventure Time. Uh, uh, that was the first thing I worked on at Cartoon Network Studios. And I started as a storyboard revisionist and eventually was a supervisor. And then they asked me to pitch my own show. Yeah. So let's talk about your show. Yeah. yeah. Okay, KO, let's be heroes. (laughs) How'd this all come about? Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, they asked me to pitch my own show. And uh, first I pitched something about aliens. And then I was like, that doesn't seem right. And then I was like, wait a minute. What if I just kind of put together all the stuff that I love uh, you know, I used to work in a, at a uh, supermarket when I was a teenager, and I was doing that so I could, like, spend that money to buy video games and comic books and anime. And so, like, I kind of took all those memories and put them together, and I was like, what if sort of, like, all those characters that were kind of inspired by that time all kind of worked at a store together? And then also everybody who came into the store was also, like, a, kind of a superhero of some sort. And it all kind of came together that way. And then I was like, but what if they also fought uh, robots? And then the robots exploded, and it was just a lot of fun. And basically just trying to make, like, a show that's very uh, faithful to the feeling of just, like, being in the backyard as a kid, and you're playing with all your friends, and you're, like, making up crazy powers, and you're talking about how you like, punching stuff and exploding stuff. And, uh, yeah, I really wanted to make something that was very, like, authentic to that feeling and as we've made the show that's the thing that uh you know parents uh and kids always come up and they're like my kid's obsessed with this show because it's just like him and his friends playing in the backyard uh, and you're like exactly exactly <laughs> yeah because yeah. that was always the most fun like when you're a kid and especially just like to take all your toys out and just be like who's stronger and yeah. just make them fight each other you know or combine them all like you have one <laughs> exactly. out of scale character yeah he's, the big, he's obviously a giant you know? it's yeah. Like, yeah the kind yeah. of mix and matching it doesn't matter what brand they yeah, are exactly yeah i always like doing that like yeah with the gi joes which were a little smaller mm-hmm. and then making them fight like the ninja turtles or totally something. yeah so, like, what, what, what's, where's your design sensibility coming from? Mm, um, I would say, like, I'm very inspired just by, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I'm kind of omnivorous. Uh, a lot of things I'm inspired by are, like, Looney Tunes, uh, newspaper comic strips, um, and then I'm also really inspired by a lot of the shows I worked on at Cartoon Network, like Adventure Time and Steven Universe. Uh, those are shows where I cut my teeth and sort of, 
got ideas for like what animation could be like. Um, also, my uh, my co-executive producer Toby Jones uh, worked on the show Regular Show, and so he brings there's a little bit of that sort of like uh, you know working for the man but trying to have fun uh, sort of aspect kind of in the show. And then my uh, my uh, art director John Pham, he's basically like a pro. Uh, uh, fighting game player and so he's always trying to incorporate like a lot of elements from like his favorite fighting games sort of into the characters and the character designs in the show and so yeah it's kind of all like a big soup and we mm. also just sort of we talk to everybody who works on the show and we're just like what are you into and we try to sort of like put it all in there you know and it's all it all has sort of become like the things we loved as kids and we're kind of trying to send a show back in time to ourselves uh, that we would have liked. That's perfect. I yeah. love that too. I mean, and you're basically fostering it with all the people, like little parts of what they did or what they exactly. liked putting that in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where, where's the season going this, this season? Oh man. Okay. So yeah. So uh, we just, uh, just, uh, uh, we just had a, an, uh, the start of an arc with uh one of the main characters, Enid, finally went to a school for superheroes, uh, which is just fun because that's now its own sort of cliche in, like, hero stuff. Right. But And also it's kind of playing off of, like, that Harry Potter kind of, like, you know, thing. But then the school also kind of has a little bit of a S.H.I.E.L.D. vibe. So we're kind of just, like, doing it all. And sort of we're going to see the end of that, and then that's going to have repercussions for the main characters and basically... I don't know, we might end up seeing a big confrontation with some of the superhero forces within the show. So I'm really excited for that. Nice. You ever see Sky High? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I love I mean, that movie. Yeah, it's hard not to think uh, super, Sky High when you're like, superhero school. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that movie was great. Yeah, yeah, and also all the other superhero school movies sucked. Yes, so exactly. It's, gonna, it's like a great, it's a great concept. I really think, like, Sky High and then it's just like, that and like harry potter comes like kind of close sure and like that's basically it but it's a really good concept yeah speaking of movies what where do you see yourself like uh give yourself five ten years oh man where do you where do you think you're <laughs> gonna be headed um yeah i don't know i have this real love for television animation um you know i used to think when i originally got into animation of course like every kid is like I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to be like a Disney animator and I'm going to make all these movies and right. stuff. Um, but it was when I, uh, when I got to college, like the week I got to animation school, Disney was like, we're shutting down 2d animation forever. <laughs> and then I had to think about it and I was like, man, where does 2d animation live? And it's really television animation. And I thought about it really hard. And I realized that like, all of my real uh, inspiration came from television animation growing up. Also seeing theatrical cartoons on TV like Looney Tunes. But, like, television animation was really the thing that inspired me as a kid. Um, you know, I loved... It, like, I would watch anything. I was super omnivorous. I used to just, like, open the TV guide and actually, like, highlight every animated program so I knew exactly what I was watching when and be like, okay, I gotta watch the intro for Thundercats, but then I gotta change the change channel or yeah. something else. You know, stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much the same way. Yeah. Just planned out the whole Saturday morning. Exactly. Y'all kids don't know what's going on, yeah. but you know what? That's a very complicated world that we lived in. You had but. to be, yeah, you had to be very, like, cognizant of, like, okay, I got to watch everything. Yeah, you know? And Saturday mattered. Yes. Now it doesn't. It really mattered, you know? And then, like, yeah, when CBS was like, we're going to play two hours of Smurfs, you'd be like, okay, I'll hang for, like, the first, first short of that, and then I'm going to switch to somewhere else. Yeah. And, yeah, it was like a... It was very serious because back at that time, sometimes they would air something and you'd never get to see it again. Oh, yeah. That concept is like <laughs> so weird to think about now. <laughs> well, sometimes they'd air something and you'd never want to see it again. Yes, like that's the Flintstones true. and the thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, how, whoever thought they were like, well, he's made of rocks. And like, yeah. ah, we get it. You're too simple minded. Get out of here. Um, hey, let's talk about animation techniques. So yeah, obviously, sure. Venture Brothers was done 
shipping it overseas. Yeah, for sure. And done old school, what yeah. I call old school style. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing the animation here? Yeah, so OKKO, also very old school. We ship it overseas. Uh, every single frame is drawn by a person. And also, uh, we gave the animation studio um, uh, the directive of they don't actually ink the lines. So they basically use their rough pencil lines for all of, for like every single frame. So every single frame of animation you're seeing is actually like a real like pencil line on nice. every single character. Uh, is something we did because um, I think there's like this weird misconception that like animation is somehow just all done by robots or something that like there's not actual human people behind every single frame. And so we wanted to really put that front and center and make sure, like, oh, no, when you're watching this, these are just, like, the drawings you do in your own notebook. Like, they are real pencil drawings. Now, something that was really important to me. Um, and it's something that uh, crosses over, actually, to the actual uh, text of the show. We end every episode with a theme song that says, you know, every second that you see is 24 connected pieces. And it's just, like, putting it out there that, like, it's all it's all fake and it's all for fun and it's like it's 24 frames put together and that makes a cartoon a second of a cartoon. Uh, I also yeah. love that you're using the pencil art because in my eyes sometimes you you'll even when you ink something you're not going to capture that original yes. flavor that yeah. when you drew something right it's yeah. there's something about the raw yeah. pencils. Yeah, know? there's something yeah, you can't really you can't really, you know, you can't really get that back, you know. It's frustrating sometimes when people go like, "Oh, I like the pencils better." But if you mean, if you mean to put the pencils on the screen or on the page, it's right. like it's totally good. <laughs> now, when does OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes debut? Uh, so OKKO OK um, it debuted last year uh, on TV, uh, but th- this July seventeenth, right. there's going to be a new DVD that comes out. It's okay. our first time on DVD. Um, it's got a great selection of episodes from the entire first season, and uh, I'm really excited about it. So uh, if you see that in the store, it should be pretty cheap. So just pick it up. Now, what about the sweaties? You want that Blu-ray? Is that going to be available? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, this is like a kid vid release. So hopefully, if it does pretty well. You know, you adults know, buy cartoons. Exactly. You never know. All we right. got we to gotta make sure uh, we get that Blu-ray eventually. Are you so. going to be doing any press for Comic-Con? Yeah, I'll be down at Comic-Con. Uh, um, Saturday, we're, I'm, there's going to be a Cartoon Network creators panel that I'm actually hosting, nice. and we're going to sneak peek a bunch of Cartoon Network stuff, and then also a really huge OKKO project that we've been working on for a while. We're going to actually uh, give a little peek at it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I've watched a bunch of the episodes. Oh, I think thanks. it's a fantastic show, Ian. Congratulations, so man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Definitely pick up that DVD if you get a chance, or watch it online on Cartoon Network. Uh, back to you, Schnepp. Right on. Thank you, Schnepp. Good job, dude. Um, <laughs> that right, was great. Forget. He was great. Yeah, yeah, Ian's, very fun. Ian's awesome. He's going to do very well. Very happy to see yeah, yeah. the 10 year progress <laughs> of that super talent. Uh, don't forget, you subscribe to Collider Heroes on Podcast One or iTunes. Do it right now if you're driving and listening to this. If you haven't subscribed, you should do it because it probably makes this all this manual stuff that you have to do while chugging coffee and driving at the same time. I don't know what you're doing. Just subscribe, make it easy. It's a one-click kind of thing. Uh, This coming weekend, I'll be at Boise, Idaho. Why? Wizard World. That's right. It's a convention that's happening in Boise, Idaho. I'll be there sweating it out with all the potatoes. You guys. I don't know. I've never been to Boise. I don't even know what to do in Boise, Idaho. But I'll be at this convention. Can't stand waiting any longer to get to Boise, Idaho. But I'll be there this weekend. Use the code SNAP to get a 10% flavory discount right now. Just punch that in. Get some tickets. I'm there Wednesday. No, no. I'm there Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. So get there. And then San Diego Comic-Con. We're all going to be there for at least a day. I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday. I'm trying to convince Claire to come down for a day. Amy will be there. Jay will be there. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to be hanging out. You'll probably see us walking around sweating, trying to find air conditioning. So <laughs> if you do see us out in the street or something, like, and you yell our name, and we ignore you... <laughs> Do you know why? Because we're desperately trying to get to an air-conditioned environment for survival purposes. But you know what? So, if you shake, just shake a bottle of water, 
Yes. Shake the water. That's water. Yeah. Water. Yeah, because it'll be water. Air, yeah. It'll be air and on the convention floor, but it'll be so many bodies you won't ever yeah. feel it. No, it's totally true. Like if you go, we go when you when a lot of us go early, Wednesday, Thursday. It's like, oh, this is a very nice feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, <laughs> Saturday, no. God, the Saturday is. <laughs> No. Let me tell you something. If you bring your baby in a stroller, you are a horrible individual. You better put that thing strapped to your back like a Gahanian mother. You better get some scars. I've said this. I've said this so, Jay. I'm in a total agreement, but I've gotten some flack for that because I'm like, look, there's things in the world. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're called babysitters. That's what they invented. I'm a father. I'm saying this. They've invented the babysitters so that you could go do things and let the kid not be like. You know, face level of people like just air streaming, farts blasting in their face. You don't know what these babies are experiencing. You're like, oh, I'm taking my kid. First of all, they're not going to remember it. It's just going to traumatize them. Yep. They're going to have weird memories of like, I have this these memories of like, I'm in a forest filled with elephants, and then there's like <laughs> weird manure, and that's I have these nightmares. It's like, yes. No, nah, man. It's your fault. Bring yeah. your kids. Let them imprint on Comic-Con. <laughs> then your baby go come online, and the first thing it sees is a Freddy cosplay. That is the last thing you want to introduce your child. <laughs> no, because I'm a father. I have a 14-year-old and a 4-year-old. My 4-year-old, I know how she is. She's an active 4-year-old. Right. And you see people with active toddlers. It's like, yo, you, the only way you can try to control them is to have them, in a sense, restrained. And you put them in a stroller or something. Right. But the stroller on a crowded day is, nightmare. is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. He's so then I'm buckling legs, the right. baby's getting jostled. Because now you're trying to bring out this 1998 Eddie Bauer stroller that's hitting my calf <laughs> and my shin, and I, I want to throw your baby like a lawn dart. But I have to remember, I'm a father. When I want the same thing to happen to my child. Hey, Jay, let's have a compromise. You know, Sunday <laughs> at San Diego Comic Con, on Sunday, it's called Family Day. What? That day is fine. Why? Why is it called Family Day? Because you could bring your family. It's ma- everyone knows there's going to be a ton of strollers. If you're complaining on Sunday, you shouldn't be. And this is exactly why I have a cat. <laughs> so anyway. See, I, don't, I don't have it. Like I'm like I'm not a mom, so I'm just like I'm going to assume you took all that into account. And you made your decision. Um, you uh, but there is go. great family programming on Sundays. Yeah, bring the kids to that. Let them see SpongeBob, but everything else on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday is family day. I've got to repeat that again. <laughs> Sunday it's family is family day. day. Not Friday or Saturday, the most packed days with as many sweaties as you could possibly imagine crammed into a convention hall, walking like this with backpacks and sweating like I can barely move, and then add strollers to that. And some people forgot deodorant. You don't want that to happen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's going to be really hot It'll out. be really hot. Yeah. So if you guys have, if you happen to bring some free ice water and stuff, and you see us walking outside, just shake it and be like, free free water. Kind of, <laughs> like some kind of lemming. I'll just come running towards you. Don't drink random liquids people <laughs> hand you. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you drinking, Mike? I didn't say Sweat. I was going to. Yeah, I didn't say I was going to be drinking oh, random. Oh, just dump it over your head? Yeah. yeah. Or I'd have yeah, to but what if it's somebody's sweat, though? What if it's ice cold? Somebody, hey, like, you said you were sweaty. You just oh, dump it. You're oh, like, man. Oh, this smell like depression. Oh, Jesus. Ah, you're giving people crazy ideas. Um, <laughs> so anyway, San Diego Con is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's get right into Twitter questions. Steve Folks asks, uh, love the podcast, guys, but are you worried about the drop in YouTube views since myself and a lot of people are now listening to them and not giving views and clicks on YouTube? <clears throat> Am I worried about it? No. Um, I don't think that it really affects either one. It's like when you get a, a lot of podcast views, that helps the podcast. So it's like I don't think it actually detracts from, uh, I guess it could detract somehow monetarily from the the three dollars or whatever. I mean, remember it's a YouTube, so it's not like you're paid a ton of money for like a thousand views or you know it's a, it's it's you barely paid anything. So it's really about the advertising and the CPM. So I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, here, here's a compromise: just do both, <laughs> listen to it, and then watch it. No, just do whatever you like. That's what I'd say. What do you guys think? I think the best that like. I'm kind of gonna get day jobby speak here now. But I think the best thing about like online in general, you have people going, "I go to this platform or this platform mm. or this platform." Mm. The the best thing you can do as a fan is engage. Okay, so download, watch, whatever you want to do, engage, leave your comments, be positive, like make suggestions, but engage because it's that engagement that 
everyone it can learn from and feed off of. Remember, positive engagement, positive engagement. We don't like negativity, kindness. So I would say engagement is, for me, would be much more important than just going click, 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 click. Right. I, I haven't checked with the business realities, but if we didn't want you to be using it as a podcast, we wouldn't be making it as a podcast. Right. And it's it's sort of like since if as long as you're getting it through one of our official channels, you're being counted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know you're out there listening, and that I think is what helps. Like, um, you know that that. So please keep going. Thank yeah, you. I think the podcast is just expanding mm. the marketplace. That's how I look at. I it. I think it also helps the fact that you give people two different mediums to enjoy it. Yeah. Some people can sit on their phone, their computer, their TV and watch. Some people have to be on the go so they're able to listen to it. I don't think, as the question said, I don't think it takes away from the views because people who are going to watch are going to watch. Mm-hmm. People who are going to listen are going to listen. There are some people who back in the day were just before the podcast were just having the YouTube play and just listen. Right. So it, it doesn't hinder at all. Definitely. So bottom line, do what you want. I think that, that's the answer. Thanks Jason, for watching. Jason Major uh, asks, uh, back in the 90s, all the Marvel annuals crossed over to tell the story of the Evolutionary War. Could we ever see a time where the three different MCU films that year are all parts of the same story? Why not? I mean, we've already seen that time where we have Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4 are part of a story that also kind of... You know, involves a bunch of other films, it seems like. So, and they all lead up, they kind of cross, all of the Marvel films are kind of crossing over in a weird way with each other. I am uh, a strong believer that the high evolutionary will be somehow involved in the, in the next five years in a film. I'd love to see him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'd love to see Rocket Raccoon somehow be involved in his origin with the high evolutionary. I think that would be fantastic. Um, whether then or not that kind of transitions into other characters like Howard the Duck and all these other kind of animals that are also, you know, semi-human. So uh, what do you guys think? The three-movie crossover is possible, Amy? Uh, you know, I would say inevitably someone's going to try that, that. Like, it will depend a lot. Like, there's still a lot of sort of inertia on the side of, like, audiences generally want a theatrical experience to be something that stands alone. Most of the time, you want something with a beginning, middle, and end that you don't need like other context for. But the, that's that's mostly because that's what we like signed up for. Usually, when we sit down in a theater, if we know going in, there's a three part story. The first part's in Thor, the second part's in Hulk, and the third part's in She Hulk or whatever. Like, uh, if we know going in that that's a three part story, I, I feel like. If they think audiences are going to be there for it, we're, someone's definitely going to try it. And it will depend if people get tired, if they don't show up for one of the parts, if they get too confused, if they don't find it rewarding, then it won't be imitated much. But I do think it's a matter of time before somebody approaches it like, why not serialize the movies in that way? Oh, it's a, just a cost benefit. I think I agree. And I also think because they said they were going to pull back on the Avengers type films. So you're going to have to have those culmination movies. But it goes back to what you're saying. People need to know this is what it's leading up to. We've been trained with the MCU. These films lead up to an Avengers movie. You know, once you steer away from the Avengers formula, it's going to be like you're testing the waters to see how can you do that. Because we're used to three movies a year. So now you're asking for four. You know, we have to have this early release like Black Panther. Now we have to have the February, March release. Then we have the April, May. Then you get your June, July your culmination is in at Christmas. But the problem becomes Christmas time is when all these other big films start to come out and Marvel doesn't want to compete with that. So it, it runs a risk of trying to do it. I mean, it can be done, but it runs... Marvel's used to putting out films where we know how much we're going to make at minimum at the box office. Right. You have to have that last film culminate at Christmas. Granted... Thor Ragnarok was right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was like November 3rd. November 3rd. It was a little bit earlier. If you do that, fine. But every year won't yield that result. So it's a catch-22. It's a risk, but it's a potential positive risk. I see yeah. it doing in November because Doctor Strange was also released was in, in November. November yeah. So if they do move up to four films a year, which I definitely see them doing, they have to just because especially with all the new properties they got back and the properties they're trying to develop plus just the desire for these characters i think it just makes sense that you have a february you have a like may or june mm-hmm. release no and then you have a november and somewhere in the middle like july or something you could have another release what do you think Claire? i 
think it's um, it, would be, it would be very ambitious. <laughs> uh, but I believe in taking risks. I think it could work. I just, I, I, a bit of what you said as well, Amy, I think that everything in life has to have like, goals and framework pretty much. And I think if it's planned properly, if there's a goal, people like to get to that goal. That's why we, we love watching them as they come out, like, yeah, I'm not going to get to this. But that's, that's what makes them so popular. If we have that, if they structure well and there's goals and there's framework and they don't do that Christmas thing mm-hmm. as well because it's such a busy time, I think it could work. I think it could be all right. But... Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, the way it is nowadays, like, they'll be able to tell qu- quite soon if that's working at the box office in, mon- in monetary terms. Mm-hmm. And it is a big risk because if it's, if it's a dud, if they spend three entire movies on something and people feel like they threw, whatever, $45 of movie ticket down the drain, right. then it's going to, they're going to feel burned. And then you've, you've made it harder to take chances. And, like, that's the nature of risk. And also, does it, you know, does it diminish the value of those three films? Because now... You're like, all right, let's put just this much in it. And like you said earlier, hope they go along for this full ride. Right. Granted, yes, Marvel fans have gone gone on <laughs> every single ride. Yeah. But now you know every year you're getting the culmination. The Avengers movies have been special because you knew they weren't every year. With the exception of Infinity War and 4, they weren't a, hey, you got Avengers, the first Avengers. Next year it'll be another one. It was two, three years almost before we got Age of Ultron. And then it was another two, three, about three, four years before we got Infinity War. So it's like it, it runs that risk. That it has to be special. Yeah. I wonder if it's like more, more, more. Everyone wants more, more, more. And then what will, be, what will it be after that? Ten movies a year or something. You know, it's like, I, like a part of me skeptical about it as well, I guess, because it's, it just feels like we want bigger. We want well, more. Don't forget, I mean, Captain America Civil War was Avengers 2.5. We're sorry for Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I feel yeah. like, you know, like that's what we could have is we could, we could have like an Iron Man, you know, something, something, and then another movie with some other mm-hmm. character, something, something, and then a third film, which is an Avengers type thing. And they're all standalones, but they all kind of lead up to one another. So. I think that makes sense. Maybe not as definitive as like Avengers Infinity War, which you kind of have to see the next one. Mm-hmm. It really is like, oh, we saw this. Is that how, what? Is that really how it's going to go down? No, well, you'll see. There's another movie. They, we knew that they shot this back to back. And originally they were like playing with us. Oh, they're totally separate films. Well, technically they are. You know, if you want to get technical, they I mean, are. Technically, it is. Yeah. Several, <laughs> it, he, he wins. Everyone's crying at the end. <laughs> he and wins. They're Thanos like, wins. Ha, ha, ha. it's like the evil Disney. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, ah, oh, come back next year. You gotta year. do it in Mickey Mouse yeah. voice. Like, oh. Yeah, don't look behind this curtain. <laughs> yeah, very frightening. Uh, James C. Ferguson asks, "I'm loving Luke Cage season two on Netflix, but it's a slow build." Do you think that they would benefit from dropping their episodes once a week instead of all at once? I don't think so. You know, I think it's you're up to you to decide how you watch these episodes mm-hmm. when they drop them all at one time. Mm-hmm. I never watch every episode. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not under any deadline but my own. And so I watch, like I watched, like I had advanced copies. I didn't know about like Jay having advanced copies. But I had advanced copies of, of Luke Cage like a month before mm-hmm. it came out. But I was super busy. And I was like, I just didn't get a chance yeah. to see it till it actually came out. So I was like, ah, screw it. I'll just watch it on real yeah. Netflix. And then so I watched like three episodes. And then I watched another three like three days later. And then I watched another three like four days later. So now I'm up to nine episodes. And I still haven't gotten to ten. And I'm okay because I'm like, I still got four episodes left. And I'm loving it. I love the – I mean, if you're saying it's a slow build or if you're inferring that it's boring – I don't feel that way. I, th- I feel like it's like uh, it's like reading a comic. I mean, Coy said that a couple of weeks ago. It was like it's, Luke Cage is written in this way where you can like delve into the characters. Every single character mm-hmm. gets their not just a moment, but a story. Like Misty Knight is fully explored, and you get to know her as a person in this series. Mm-hmm. Every single character, including the villain, has their own story, has their own motivation, and you don't get that. Unless you take time. You don't get that payoff unless you've built those characters to matter. So I feel like that's how I feel about the series right now. It's like it's 100% stronger than Luke Cage season one. And I'm at nine. So I got four left to go. So I'm really enjoying it as a comic book turned to to a real life. What do you think, Jay? I have watched it full season twice. (laughs) (laughs) And I do have because I have to shout out Chael Hadari Coker. He took the criticisms 
from the first season that everyone had and made those improvements and ran with it. He completely was like, okay, you're you're mad at this, you're upset at this, this shouldn't happen. All right, I hear you, I'm gonna do it. He like you said, he flushed out characters. Mustafa Shakir as Bushmaster is right. so well developed. You know how he became a bad guy. You know why he's a bad guy. You know what his motivations are. You know where his gripe goes to Luke Cage and the other people. Alfred Woodard is so developed now as Black Mariah because we saw the we saw the seeds being planted in the beginning, but now we see the flush. You have you have to have that build up. It's not a slow burn because if you got everything about every character in two episodes, what is there left to give you? For thirteen, for right. the other other eleven, right? Nothing. So I mean, personally, that's what I said. I believe they did it well. You like you just said, Schnup. You can watch it at your own leisure. Again, this isn't this isn't Iron Fist season one because if it was Iron Fist season one, you'd have a reason to be like, oh, it's a slow build, a slow burn. No, the fire dies out quickly. <laughs> no, that's if you have insomnia, just turn on Iron Fist and just let it put you to sleep. <laughs> you go to sleep because you'll and when you dream, you'll just keep hearing, "I'm the immortal Iron Fist in your dreams." Uh, right. But <laughs> it, they know how they know how to do it. That's why Netflix throws out all their programming. It's don't they don't tell you you have to binge it. You have the option to binge it. Watch it at your own leisure. I heard they fixed Danny Rand. That's the episode oh, I'm, I'm they about fixed, to watch. Let me tell you something. They fixed Danny Rand so well to the point where if you were skeptical about them going any further with him, especially after Defenders, when Defenders wasn't that strong, you might actually want to watch Iron, Iron Fist Season 2. Nice. Those are big words. Yep. Yeah, they're I'm strong. And I'm standing behind it. Yeah, that's strong. Like, is that, oh my God, Iron Fist. It was like tinfoil fist. It was like the <laughs> worst. Um, as, as Jay said, I think the way that we consume media nowadays is, is great. It's flexible and it's personal to you. So um, I can't remember who it was. It was John that, that tweeted in. Um, I would just say, if you're not in, enjoying it in the way that you're enjoying it, change the way you watch it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, consume your culture the way you want to consume it. Sometimes I'll binge watch 10 episodes or something. Sometimes I do it in chunks of three or two. It's really up to you, and you've got the beauty of choice. With, um, with Luke Cage, I'm taking it very slow. I've watched the first episode of the second season. Mm. Oh, it's a lot to take in already, and that's, See. you know, and I'm like, right, I now need to have a moment, and then I'll go back to it, and that's okay. There is a, I think, a cost-benefit to the, the Netflix model, the all-at-once, um, but I, I don't feel like Luke Cage is changing my mind on it, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, because, obviously, the the upside of releasing it all at once is that you get one weekend where everyone's very excited. Some people race through the whole thing immediately. Some people start savoring it. And you do get to take it at your own pace and make it fit into your life. What you don't get is sort of if there's a twist partway through, everybody doesn't get that at the same time, which means the conversation about it or your friends or whatever else is happening is lost. But that's not unique to Luke Cage. That's the Netflix model. Right. Um, and it, it's one of those things that I'm curious to see how it'll change over time. But I think Luke Cage is probably well served by being able to take it at your own pace. Thanos, Bushmaster, Killmonger. Top three Marvel villains. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. It's good. Saban Erdman asks, how would you incorporate Robin into the Batman movie? I'm not a fan of adult Robin like in Batman Forever, but if you make a Rob- Robin a kid, you can get something like All-Star Batman and Robin where Batman takes a child into war zones, maybe rip off Dark Victory. Well, Saban, I'm not into that. Um, I've always, the, me personally, like if you look at the history of, of Robin, he was created so that Robin kids who were buying comics in the 40s could identify, just like Bucky with Captain America, so kids could be like, oh, I'm, ha- I'm fighting with Captain America, I'm hanging out with Batman. So that was the impetus for creating that character. And then as comics have evolved over decades and decades and decades, uh, that character being young, like, you know, 12, 13, you know, with an older man putting him at risk nightly. Uh, uh, granted, they both have this vengeance because their families were murdered. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, Batman didn't actually turn into Batman until years of practice and going like, you know, when he was an actual adult, you know, like it's always been weird to me that he would like take a young kid and be like, here, hang out with me at night, jump around the buildings. <laughs> That's not weird at yeah, all. Just, you know, and wear this bright yellow outfit. You'll be the person they shoot at. You know, <laughs> it's like, you're the target jump, Robin jump. So anyway, it's like, 
you know, I think Robin's a cool character. I like what they did with Dick Grayson. I like that he became Nightwing and that the, another Robin came about, even though I still, once again, think he was too young. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's Jason Todd got beat down and murdered by the Joker. I mean, all this is like, you know. The, that was DC, the fans' fault, though. I know. The fans D, killed but Jason DC Todd. still regrets that. They were like, hey, we'll let, so we'll let the fans decide. They'll never, what? They're like, yeah, yeah, they're like, close down the phone. It's too late. Robin dies. They're like, well, oh, death in the family. So, you know, that happened. So uh, I would like to see Robin introduced as a teenager. And that's how I would like to see him introduced. Um, so it's a it's a young man who can take account for maybe what happened to him. Maybe his family died when he was 14 or 15 or 16. And it's a few years later. And he's doing his own thing. And that that's when Bruce Wayne will help. Oh, he he's on a path to doing what I do. I can help him. So that's how I'd like to see it. What do you think, Amy? I think probably like I mean Robin is such a part of the the Batman legacy that like I I I, I desperately want like more good cinematic versions of him but I do think he has to be like at least a teenager and you probably have to play it in a version of the like he's gonna go out and do this whether or not you help him so you'd better train him or he'll get himself killed like I think you probably have to lean on some version of that um, and the fact that like yes in theory don't put a kid in danger. But, like, you have to somehow make an exception where it's, like, except this specific kid who we've gotten to know for these reasons. Like, it, it is an interesting because the, the 40s were a very different time. Like, and it's not they weren't it's not like they were thinking through seriously the ethics of child soldiers. Right. But these were also being created by comic book people who, like, all had jobs when they were 14. I think they had a slightly different version view of, like, what kids were ready for and they just thought about things in a different way than we do right. um and it yeah so you you can't he can never be 10 that's weird like um <laughs> it, it's it's uh, that that's that's how i would approach it Jay. <laughs> yeah, you got a two-year-old kid. I mean, stop watching these cartoons. Put on these tights. Come over and teach you how to fight. It works when it's Damien in the comics because I don't have to watch an actual 10-year-old. Right, because Damien in the comics, is he's brought up fighting. He's been fighting since he can walk. But I agree. You take the teenage mode, but you do it like they did in Batman and Robin. I'm going to do this without you. Granted, you don't make it look as colorful and as horrible, but you do that. I'm going to do this with or without you. Mm-hmm. So now he's going out on his own dressed up, and Bruce is like, look, I'm going to train you because you got to have that voice. <laughs> I'm going to train you. That's how you do it. You introduce someone who is between, I'd say, 18 to 20. 18 to 20. That gives a good age range. We don't have to worry about no kids being in danger. Somebody who can make their own decisions if they choose to do this or not. But, yeah, no more kids because Bruce keeps recruiting kids and no orphanages like this don't seem weird. That's right. How many Robins have you gone through? What's it? It's a Robin factory. Yeah, it's like, Strange rich man keeps yeah. appearing and taking our children. Here's another Robin on the, the, the semi line. Up the egg is broken. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Like, I, I like the reference to all star Batman Robin because it's like one of my favorites. But I'm just... Right, can we go off on a slight tangent, very short one, and I'll come back to the point. Okay, so you know when you're playing computer games, right, and you get, like, an annoying sidekick that just follows you around and you have Mm -hmm. to protect them and shield them and make sure you get through the level? I would feel like watching a child Robin in a film would be like watching that, Mm. like that feeling going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And also it's weird, and God. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of like, I agree with the sort of teenager thing, but I'm kind of not that bothered about seeing Robin on screen as well. He's very much part of the lore, but it has to just be treated right. But All-Star Batman Robin, very good. Yeah, I mean, I I liked uh, the one line from Batman Forever that I liked was, you need a partner. That's how it should be approached. Mm. Not like my young ward should be partnered. So, that even just sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yo, here's my ward. <laughs> I'm your, I'm the Cape Crusader. Here's my young ward. Yeah. We have traveled back to the 1700s. Yeah. He draws most of the bullet fire with his outfit. And when we're not fighting crime, he's shining the boots. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Daniel Kelly asks, "What would your dream matchup be if you could pit a Marvel hero or villain against a DC hero or villain?" I would love to see the Green Lantern Corps versus X-Men. Let's start with you, Jay. My favorite villain, Deathstroke, versus the greatest, funniest character, Deadpool. Just to watch them two go at it and one being like, uh, you know, you were made off me. Mm. Just because the third, the fourth wall breaks that would happen with Deadpool and then Slade trying to be serious 
And like, if you did it in the film, give me Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke versus Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Because nice. Joe Manganiello can crack jokes. We've seen him be funny in movies, but he can be serious. And then Ryan Reynolds playing serious and uh, yes, give me. I'll be drawing that by myself on a sketch pad. <laughs> That's what I want. I, I would want Thanos versus Darkseid. I think that would be like a real matchup. And just people just die in the ass. Yeah. Half of everybody's heads are exploding. It would be a lot of death and murder, but it would be a fun ride to watch that happen. Uh, what do you think, Amy? I kind of went the same way. I, I thought about Thanos Darkseid, and then I was thinking about like the, the watching the mirror versions interact is fun. Like We get to see Green Arrow and Hawkeye meet each other in JLA Avengers. Uh, and then, like, I, so a while ago, someone had pitched on a different show a question of, like, if you could design a sitcom for a DC and Marvel character, what would it be? And I was like, I want to watch the show about Black Cat and Catwoman, like, as roommates. Oh, and just right. being like... <laughs> Either they're out heisting each other, or they're planning the same gig, or they're trying to team up on something, but they're probably driving each other crazy. Uh, I would like to see that. It's just called cats. (laughs) (laughs) They argued over who took who leather boots. Those are my boots. Those are my boots. (laughs) Fantastic. What do you think, Claire? I've just got two really random ones. I was going to go with logical ones, but I'm just going to go for like favoritish sort of villains and and heroes. Mr. Sinister mm-hmm. versus Wonder Woman. <gasps> Neat. Well, uh, just Ooh, they'd be like, you've got the best genes, and she'd be like, you're a weirdo. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, oh, you're I a weirdo. Want to see? <laughs> oh my god, yes. I just want to see that in the panel. I think it looked really weird. So in my head last night, I was thinking, I was like, yeah. Yeah. The more I see it, the more I'm like, I want to see that now. Yeah. So that I'm in. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. Uh, Kay Deckard asks, hey, big fan of Collider Heroes. My question is, do you think Sony will keep their R rating for Venom, or do you think they'll switch to a more heavy PG-13 rating? Thanks. Yes. I think that when the film comes out in October, it will be rated PG-13. I don't think it's going to be rated R, but I could, you know, they're saying it's rated R. I would be mad whether it's rated R or rated PG-13. If it merits being rated R, then let it be, because Logan and Deadpool have already proven that fact, so why not do it? But in the same sense, does it have to be, you know, rated R? I mean, rated R is really literally like how many F-bombs can you spit in there? You know, it's like, so there's a fine line here and there. What do you think? You know they're going to say it's a hard PG-13. That's how you get away with it. Right. It should be rated R, but they'll say it's a hard PG-13. And it's like, in that case, just rated R. But what happens is if you start rating too many comic book movies R, Parents are leery about taking their kids to go see them and spending that right. extra money. So it's just, it'll be a hard PG-13. I just want to hear the, the symbiote cuss Eddie Brock out in the greatest of language. And for Tom Hardy, well, why, would you, why would you say that? I just want to see that. That's what I was. But yeah, it'll be a hard PG-13. Have there, I meant to check on this. Have their most recent statements been that it's still R? Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's still remained at that R rating rumor, so... So I guess I'm inclined to think that we're close enough now that if they haven't changed their story yet, like, if we make it through Comic-Con and they haven't announced that, then I guess I would assume it's going to be R. It's not necessarily what I, like, out in the abstract what I would pick for a Spider-Man-related film, but, like, I don't know, with the normal timeline, it seems like we're far enough along that we should have found out by now if they were going to switch it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily? No, I mean, they'll submit it. I don't think it's even probably been submitted to the MPA. Then I'm going for I don't know. Yeah. For (laughs) for actual ratings, it's like they're still working on the cut. Mm. So, uh, you know, if I had to guess, uh, I would guess that they're, you know, here's our full cut, and they're going to submit it. And then maybe look at get it back. It's S and R. They'll be like, "What can we cut to make it a BG thirteen? Mm-hmm. Got to cut this, cut this, cut this." Well, here's our compromise. So it'll go back and forth in a way. But uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to see it regardless. What do you think, Claire? I, I mean, I don't know what the timeline is either. I don't know how these things work. But I just think if the movie feels like an R, then it should be an R. And if it feels like a hard PG thirteen or a soft. PG-13, you know, like Venom just appearing going, hey guys, you just like right. whatever, then fine. But I just think you should like just have the movie rated according to creatively what it is meant to be. But mm. there's an obsession or, not an obsession, I read a lot of things about, it's R-rated by the way, like it's going to be edgier and cooler. Doesn't mean the film's going to be good, you know, giving an R rating. So. Not with seven more F-bombs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, now it's quality cinema. With yeah. extra sexiness. Venable work as a rated R is if you actually do have Carnage. Carnage has to be 
he he can't be like tamed in a sense. That character has to be wild. There has to be, for lack of better words, murder, mm-hmm. gore, and Cletus Cassidy just saying everything he wants to say. I mean, not every. You're like, I don't want to hear everything that guy has to say. Yeah, not every. Nobody does. But you get what I'm saying. He yeah. has to say certain things. If you want Carnage, if you want, if Sony wants people to believe this, with where they're going with Venom, Carnage, and everything else, it unfortunately it can't be this hard PG-13. Because Carnage murders people just because he's bored. You know, things right. like that. Just because so gonna... murder happens doesn't mean you have to see it. It depends what kind of movie you're making. Yeah, but if you want this character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's also you have to think about it. Like, you know, if they want to merge the Spider-Verse. To the MCU. To the MCU. Uh, you can have a PG-13. You can't have an R. So yeah. we'll see what happens very soon. Dylan Todd asks, hey, guys, one thing I haven't heard, considered, what if Thanos was right? What if we time skip like five years in Avengers 4 and Earth is at peace and a paradise? Yeah. And they have to undo it all to save the universe, Roka. <laughs> I know, Avengers are just like bitter in a corner, like eating their, you know, just like the end of the first Avengers, like their shawarma, like, this sucks. Yeah. Everyone but it's else a is, plentiful shawarma. Yeah, there's just like boxes of shawarma. It's free now. It's like all food is free. Uh, yeah. Ain't no more uh, income tax, but now the Avengers have changed. Yeah. That would be an alternate version of the Avengers. Maybe Mel Brooks directed that one. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see somebody make that, but uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be five years. Is my guess. My guess it'll probably be like six months, <laughs> and there'll be a lot of crying and sobbing and depression. What do you guys think? I think it's a, a cool enough idea that uh, you. What was the name of the gentleman who sent us this question? Dylan. Dylan. Uh, I think that you should write. Uh, your fan fiction version of this, or do what Alan Moore did, file the serial numbers off, make your own superheroes, and then write that story. Because you found a compelling hook of, like, what if you had to give up paradise to save the world? Right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to see it with the Avengers. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> but make to, your thing. Watch, <laughs> yeah, but make, yeah. <laughs> to watch Steve Rogers be in so much conflict, like, I don't know what to do. Fuck you, God, but... What a, <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Bucky's <laughs> <laughs> gone. Like, what do you do? And then Sam Wilson's like, you got me. But Bucky's gone. Like, how do you? Oh, that is a really big conflict. It is. A, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of like to see this sort of see this film made. Like, I kind of like to see like the weird <laughs> fan fiction version. But yeah, it's like, I kind of feel like it would be like, so a kind of like comedic romp. Kind of like undoing everything yeah. that was done before because they're kind of happy and it's like whoops, yeah. whoops. We got to bring these people back. Sorry. Come on, everything's cool now. It's like, hey, dude, yeah. we're, like, we're unemployed. We're happy, but we're unemployed. We're yeah, how does that work anyway? Like just plopping people back six months later. Like we've all moved on. Yeah, we even like, made graves yeah, we, and stuff. Yeah, we no, they're you alive were again. Dead, yeah, we threw all your stuff away. We recasted this yeah. whole TV we show without your you. comics. Yeah, no, look, we recasted this whole TV show and movie. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't think you were coming back. Yeah, the whole half of everybody got dusted. That's like we that's, swept that all that up and we put it in the garbage where it's supposed to, because you don't leave dust on the ground. Right. We didn't think y'all were coming back no time, no ever. Yeah, <laughs> the entire everything about the process of the dusting, you have to like the ramifications are like, does everyone left have the memory? Of what happened before, or are they just like waking up? But like, oh. do they still? I remember going to school, but Tommy isn't around. You know, it's like, you know, I think everyone's gonna have to have their memory. So then it wouldn't be so idyllic then. Like, imagine the pain and suffering. I of just want to see the world as a kid. They they did cover this material. It's in Infinity War. It's when he says to Gamora, "Your planet's happy now," and she's like, "Happiness is not. We managed to bounce back from the horrible tragedy you inflicted on us. That's not what happiness is. Like uh, that does, it was not a good idea. So unless you like." They've, the answer's kind of already in the film, but I do think it's a cool thought experiment. Yeah. I want that line in Avengers 4. Kylo Ren and Stimpy asks, do you think we'll, <laughs> you think we'll get the first yes. trailer for Hellboy at Comic-Con? Will Kylo Ren and Stimpy? Can we just have a moment for that name? For the name? Yeah. Let's just have a moment. Yes. I actually yes, have so a t-shirt good. of Kylo, Kylo Ren, Ren and Stimpy Stimp- done up just like Kylo Ren and Stimpy. Like, oh, my God. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah. I most certainly think we will see a Hellboy trailer. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Which I I, yeah, I forgot this was on there. That would be cool as heck. It would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, like it would be really cool. I've no, I've actually totally forgotten about Hellboy in amongst all of the yeah. other stuff. 
So actually, if that came right out of left field, people would be like, oh, yeah, oh, like, mix it up, Hellboy trailer, yes. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping that at least half of these trailers that debut at San Diego Comic-Con then hit online the next night or something. Oh, they'll, yes, hit, 20 minutes. they'll hit 20 seconds afterwards. I certainly hope so. Uh, Derek like Richardson, <laughs> Derek <laughs> Richardson <laughs> asks, how would you feel if the MCU or DCFU creates a brand new hero or villain? Would it be cool or a slap in the face to hundreds of comic writers and artists who've created numerous characters over the years who haven't had a chance to shine on the big screen? Uh, I wouldn't look at it that way. I mean, you could also look at it in, in the way some Marvel movies have taken characters from the comics and just used their name. And then they're nothing like the characters in the comic mm-hmm. books. Like a main Zemo is a very good example. Like he's not that dude wearing the weird pajama mask, you know? So he's like, where's my croutons or whatever? Like, he's like, you know, he's a different dude. But I thought that character was one of the strongest villains. A, he's still around. B, he destroyed the Avengers. Uh, he like literally tore yep. them apart. He's just a man on a vengeance trip because his family was murdered by them in Sokovia. So I feel like that character is the realest and most human villain that Marvel has ever produced. Uh, and I like that they didn't go with the, the comic book version of Zemo. So I wouldn't be mad if they did another type of character like that. To, it, it's not the film universe, but I'll just go to the TV universe with DC and Arrow. Arrow created John Diggle. And John Diggle's character was so compelling that they added him into the comic book run. Mm. So it's a it's possible for them to do it. I mean, granted, we're talking difference between TV and film, right. but it's shown it has been done and successfully. Oh, yeah, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. Yep. yeah there you go. Was yeah. a character created for uh, the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. yeah, and no one's moaning about that. Like, she's one of the most popular. She's one of the most yeah. popular characters. Yeah. So it can be done. It yeah. can definitely be done. It's just the, the writers have to know how they want to do it, and they can't just say, here's somebody. It has to have a point. It has to have a purpose. Harley Quinn had a purpose. John Diggle has a purpose. They can do It can be done. I don't think it's a slap in the face. I think slap in the face is really strong. I don't think it's that. I mean, even The Walking Dead, there's characters in that TV show weren't in the comics. You know, again, it can work. But I just, I kind of just feel like it's a creative realm. Creatives creating let everyone create and let's let's share universes from comics to films and back again. So don't have a problem with that at all. I do like that mostly people will either do actual adaptations or like borrow names. Uh, like I like knowing that they're, they're, I, I have some sympathy with the idea behind this tweet. That's sort of like. You don't want to be like, I don't know, we're throwing out all the Spider-Man villains and making our own thing because we think they were dumb. And it's like, no, he's got the best villains in the world and we'd like to see them. But I think a balance is totally possible and realistic. Um, Let's uh, go to Mr. Miracle Man says, since it appears Spidey will be abroad in his next film, could we expect Kraven the Hunter as the antagonist? If so, I think they should use the female version. Why not Lucy Liu? What do you guys think? Well, I... I would love to see the female antagonist, but they've already established it's going to be Mysterio. Right. Right. So, Craven, having Craven, period, would be the greatest thing ever. I've been hoping and praying they put Craven on screen. Mm-hmm. I, yo, if you want to go a female Craven, because he, ha- he has had a daughter who's taken up the mantle. Mm. So, yeah, Lucy Liu, but right now I think she's busy directing. Which is cool as heck, yeah, by the way. because she directed the first episode of season two of Luke Cage. Yep. So, I don't know if she's willing to go back in that capacity. But yeah, if she was still acting as she was, action star Lucy Liu, yes, but I have zero issue with it. Yeah, but it's I, Mysterio I also don't see why they couldn't have Mysterio and Craven be part of this, the movie. I, I like the idea of a female Craven. I was trying to rack my brains uh, the other night about thinking about who would play, because I don't really agree with the Lucy Liu thing. I don't know. I can't really see her doing it right now, because she's, yeah, she's not in her pomp right now on screen. Hmm. Uh, but I, I was trying to think who who would play a female Craven. It would be really cool to see. And what do you think? Oh, I'd play Tatiana Maslany. Nice. Ah. She'd be good. I, I would watch the heck out of that. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. yes. I noticed on my brain is like, yeah. Yes. The actress who yes. played the mummy. What's that gal's name? No. Sophia Batella. Of course, Rokinos. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, Yeah, she would be fantastic, I think, as Craven vote. the Hunter. That would be like, what? She's. That's a great idea. Uh, sweaty Quest of the Week also comes 
from Mr. Miracle Man himself. Since it appears Spidey will be abroad. Uh, oh, I just read it. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like hey, what just happened? So I'm Let's sorry, just talk about Tatiana Maslany uh, again. Now this. I want to upgrade her to a, uh, an even bigger hero, though. I don't know. I, I read that. That was the sweaty question. We could just, I, it was t- doubled oh, I was like, in my notes. It was so sweaty, you yeah. had to see no, it. No, I, I thought I was losing twice. my mind for a second. I was like, no, did I just I should have just kept doing it. You're in a time loop. Bargain. <laughs> I should have went through it. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about Lucy? They'd be like, T- totally serious. Anyway, guys, Spin Out Heroes 261. Woo. Where can we find you, Jay? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Mr. J Washington. It's M R J A Y W A S H I N G T O N. And my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash J Washington 80, J A Y Washington 80. Amy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EnthusiAmy, or if you are on uh, San Diego on Family Day on Sunday, I think, is when I have a panel with some of my friends that I talk about comic books with, so Wednesday Club awesome. down at San Diego. Thanks. That'll be great. Claire? I am on the Tweetorverse um, as, as We Claire, an account of me being Scottish, obviously. And <laughs> then on Instagram, I'm We Claire here, because that's where I am. I'm here. Awesome. And I'm just at John Schnapp on Twitter, Instagram. And Facebook, and you can find uh, Holly Payne in my film, The Death Superman Lives. What happened? Just rent it or buy the Blu-ray at tdoslwh.com. You can get it there. Get sweaty. I'll also have copies signed at San Diego Comic-Con if you're going to be there. And also Boise, Idaho, because I know you potato people want to see that film. So let's get into it. I'll see you all next week. Take care. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.